you're out here to try to help me with Daniel Bryan, I don't need your help. Despite what you think, Miz, not everything in this world is about you. For me, I, I know what it's like to be a Daniel Bryan. Up until the age of 16, I was a little guy. I was small, I was pathetic, I was weak. I know what it's like to be Daniel Bryan, and guess what? It sucks! I got beaten, I got bullied, I got pushed around, until one day, I got real sick and tired of getting pushed around. And I started to grow, and I grew and I grew and I grew to be seven feet tall. And when I got to be seven feet tall, I went back to everybody that pushed me around and I beat the hell out of them. And they deserved every beating they got just like I deserved every beating I got when I was a little guy. Daniel Bryan reminds me of myself when I was a little guy and I despise him. I'm gonna make sure Daniel Bryan goes back to where he belongs. On the shelf, beaten, batter, bruised, and retired. And he will never, never cast a shadow over me or anybody else again. Yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses. Josh Custodio. Justin, summer is here. Summer has arrived. I am happy. The sun is shining. I feel like a million dollars. How are you today? It's a beautiful day. Yeah, you walked over here. I walked over here. I'm wearing shorts. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm Not the first time you've walked over here. Probably no. the first time you've walked over here wearing shorts. I think this might be the first time I've walked over here to do the show yes. shorts. Because I've come over here to, to hang out before in summer's past. But uh, uh, Yeah, I guess why I wasn't living here then, though. No, it was way worse. You should have seen it. What a... Oh, for, imagine. This the place state of you. this place. It was just Mike and some other jobbers. It was it was horrendous. So uh, yeah, you've greatly improved the joint. How are you? I'm I feel good. I'm very good. Yeah, it's a beautiful day out there. Hard to feel bad when the, the weather is this nice. It's and, true. Uh, I did want to give you a shout out this week. Uh oh. Uh, which I I did already do it in our little group chat. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Because Thanks. I was listening back to last week's episode, which I sometimes do. I don't always listen back, but but uh, sometimes this time I did. Hey, you listen to the world's best wrestling podcast. Yeah, and y we were talking about you know the the superstar shakeups and how they affected the rosters, and when we were talking about Monday Night Raw. In particular, you asked a question, which was, who do you think is going to be, the, like, if you had to pick one guy to kind of build the the show around as far as, like, who can handle some of the load on this right. three-hour program, who would you pick? And in my head, we didn't even mention this guy at all during the show at all. Yeah. In my head, I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm screaming like, oh, it's Chad Gable, it's Chad Gable, <laughs> yeah. it's gotta be Chad Gable. And you said... Jinder Mahal. I know. Yeah, I did. Which is a strange choice. It was. But 
We're only two weeks into this new look Monday Night Raw. I got to say, you are correct. Oh, so I, I think just a lucky guess, but I appreciate that. It's uh, Yeah, I mean, it's just his introduction to Raw, his first night over, they gave him, was it three segment? Two segment? I think it was three. Yeah, it was a segment of promo and then a two segment match, I believe, if, if memory serves. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought maybe they, they saw something. And in. another multi segment match this week with uh, Chad yeah. Gable. The one last week was with Jeff Hardy. There's two weeks in a row where Jinder has kind of anchored the show for. About half an hour yeah. or so. What have you thought and of them? And it's been good. I thought both of those matches were good. I Again, I think maybe it's just I like watching Chad Gable wrestle so much that it's hard for me to, to be super unbiased. But I, I, I was got, enjoying myself. I think you got to give it up to Jinder on some level, though, that like oh, definitely. he has improved. There's no way that you can look at, like, you can say that the last year of Jinder as, like, an experiment at the top was a failure. Yeah. But still also say that, like, my goodness, he's come so far. Yeah, I think if we're to look with some retrospect, it's like world title gender doesn't work, but he was immistakably elevated. And I, I, most people I talk to seem to have a really common opinion of gender, which is I don't think he's that great in ring, but I do find myself a little bit captivated by him, and he's a true heel. Would you say that's kind of where you're at? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Justin, this is top marks. That's what this is. Yeah, I'm I don't telling know. I you. I don't know why I was getting into the compliments about last week's show no, before hey, we've been talking about what the show is. If you, you want to lead with a compliment every week, if you want to say something nice about me, I'm all into that. That's just you always call me the pro wrestling pariah. This is one are. week where sure. you had effectively called your shot. I got a lucky guess. You you do it super reliably. <laughs> uh, broken clock is right twice a day as far as it pertains to me. All right. This is top marks. And what we do, Justin, generally on the shows we talk about the three biggest topics in the world of wrestling and we discuss them for how long justin 15 minutes at a time you are so right my hashtag good friend and uh, do you know what 15 minutes is the exact length of a wcw television title match you are correct once more and uh, it brings me joy every time but this week justin uh, we uh we put out the call for questions as as we often do and we got a flood of some really good ones, and I think we both felt that they needed some addressing. Yeah, and a shortage of topics, too, and this is yeah. kind of a, a result of the, the fact that, as we said last week, uh, we are recording this before the Greatest Royal Rumble. That's right. But it's probably going to come out after that show. Yeah. So we can't review that show. We already previewed it last week. <laughs> Uh, which means, what are we going to do in a week where uh, WWE television was like so clearly built around selling that show? And was it ever? But Justin, what we decided to do is rather than our normal three-round format, we're going to only do two rounds today. Touch on a couple things that we were interested in, and then really get into these good questions and let that eat up the rest of the show. Yeah, uh, you know, I think we had some fun during the uh, the the Top Marks house party a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I had a great the time. WrestleMania house party, uh, specifically talking to. Blake Murphy, yeah. and uh, our boy the Zoobs as well. Mr. Zoobs. Uh, perhaps making baseless accusations that they are impact boys. That's right. Or yeah. impact men, as the case may be. Yeah, well, boys for one of them. Exactly. That they, that they watch <laughs> impact, which... As Blake said, you know, he's probably seen maybe four matches in the last year. Right. So, but he Wh reads the results every week. Which, to me, does make him an Impact fan. Like, that's more than I follow Impact. But that's not necessarily true at this point, That's true, I know. Because for this week's show, and I, are we going to start off the show with this? Yeah, round in number round one? number one. Yeah, we watched Redemption this week. That's Impact's right. latest pay-per-view from this past 
Sunday. That's right. It? Yeah. Uh, and uh, we have some thoughts and feelings on that. We show. have some things to say. As as uh, an aptly named pay per view, mm. as, as a bunch of wrestlers looking to redeem themselves, but more <laughs> yeah. than that, a company looking for redemption as well. Yeah. Uh, looking to kind of solidify itself as something worth watching again. Definitely. Uh, and we can kind of uh, talk about whether or not it succeeded on that front when we get to that uh, in the round. I'm actually excited to talk about this round because I do feel like there's so many moving pieces there that there's there's a lot of different ways we can go with about it. So uh, curious to jump into that one. And then in round number two, Justin. Uh, you wanted to talk about Shinsuke Nakamura for I did. 15 minutes. And I said... I don't know about that. I think the big story this week is Big Cass. Yeah, your exact words were, you fucking idiot. What are you thinking? How could you possibly want to talk about Shinsuke Nakamura, you moron? I didn't say that at all. No, you said, how about we do a round of uh, both Big Cass. I said, what about Big Cass? And then we settled on a happy medium, (laughs) which is if we were only going to do two rounds, we would combine these topics to do 15 minutes on Big Cass and Shinsuke Nakamura, and perhaps beyond that, just the heels of SmackDown right now. That's right. Uh, because, you know, you have some strong baby faces over there in Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. And I know you probably are not going to agree with this necessarily, but Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy to a degree as oh, well. Oh, no. I-, I think Jeff Hardy's a great baby face. I really do. Uh, but Randy Orton, not so much. I mean, w- we could talk about Take Randy it Orton. Or leave it at yeah, this point. but Jeff Hardy has, as much as I, I am not a fan nor have ever been, he has retained a level of overness by doing the exact same thing to a degree that is baffling to me. No matter where he goes, how could how could anyone deny that he's a great babyface? I feel like Randy Orton is in similar territory though, because yeah. like, especially, it's always shocking to me when you go to a live show <sighs> that he is at, always like the Monday Night Raws that I know that we've both been Biggest to pop. down in Washington. Crowds go. Wild for this guy, and I don't necessarily understand it, but you can't fight it. You can't argue it. It's true. He's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I do. I think they have strong baby So they faces. got some strong baby faces, but they have done a fantastic job of late of building up their heels as well. And mm-hmm. that's beyond just the you know infusion of a guy like Samoa Joe getting sure. added to that, that, that list. Because right now... Like, Joe doesn't have a program on SmackDown, and he no. probably won't for another three weeks Yeah, at not least. to the other side of Backlash. And then you consider when they, they shipped over, and you can say whatever you want about these guys, but uh, Rude, Corbin, or sorry, I suppose not Rude, but uh, Corbin, Ziggler, and uh, Jinder, they shipped off their three upper mid-card heels. So mm-hmm. they, they had some work to be done, and I think they've done a great job. And so. we'll get into that uh, as we discuss just like, oh... The, the magnificence mm. of heel Shinsuke. And uh, I think a s- surprisingly impressive performance this week from Big Cass as well. Yeah, very excited to jump into that. And then we will bring back the people segment. The people asked for it. We're sorry we didn't do it last week to the, the people. The people segment has returned. We have a thrilling edition of Sunday Night Tweet for you as and well. And then uh, 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 just a loaded mailbag to round out the show. My goodness. When you when you put it this way, this is a real uh, three-course meal to me. <laughs> this is the wine, the, the bread. The cheese, the olives, the octopus salad, followed by the bacalao, and then some sort of delicious sweet at the end. Maybe a, a bika and a tiramisu. This is like uh, this is like our Infinity War, buddy. <laughs> it's all been building to this. Justin, uh, I know this isn't on topic for wrestling, but how excited are you for Infinity War? You and I going to see yeah, it tomorrow we're, evening. Yeah, we're seeing it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
and and I, I can't wait, man. How it's, much did Black Panther do to get you more fired up for Infinity War? I, I was having this conversation at the bar the other night. Okay. And that, look, I I understand. I'm a fanboy. I'm sure. a fucking geek. Yeah, I'm yeah. a nerd for this We are shit. both losers, yeah. Uh, uh, and I also suffer from recency bias sometimes, as, sure. as fanboys often do. But I, I do feel that this is a company in Marvel Studios that continues to get better and better and better. And I, was, I felt this way in 2014 when their back-to-back offerings were... Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain America the Winter Soldier yeah. that like holy shit these are two movies that are like at the exact exact opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of like comic book action uh, and what they are like trying to do yep. and the messages that they have uh, the things that they have to say both incredible films like the, you can't look at the last two movies that this studio's made and not tell me that like they are on top of their game. Those are the two best movies that they've made. And right now, I feel the same way yeah. about like look at their last two from movies. Guardians. T- no, I think last three. You have to include Guardians two. Oh, in there. then last four. Yeah. because let's include Spider Man Homecoming as well. I think this is the best run they've Black had. Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok, Spider Man Homecoming, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, all Sublime spectacular. Movies. <laughs> But especially those last two, Ragnarok yeah. and Black Panther, I am, like, so high on those. Those are probably, like, the tippity-top of my Marvel Studios list. Yeah. I could not be more fired up and excited heading into Wait, this Wait, is movie. Logan the fifth one back? I guess that's not that's true, That's not Marvel. technically yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, right. Though, I'm not sure if this, like, Venom movie that the trailer... Did you watch the trailer? I did watch Venom? the trailer. Yeah. It's Problematic, in association <laughs> with Marvel Studios. I don't know if that, like... If they're as hands-on with it as they were with Spider-Man. It didn't look that way to me. Um, but this is not a Marvel podcast. No, we'll, it's not. Uh, but I, I like that trailer, man. I'm into yeah? it. I like Tom Hardy. I was I was a little let down by it. Yeah. And I have such... I think it's maybe because I'm reading the Tangled Web series right now. Okay. So, like, I feel very steeped in Venom. And this is hero Venom, it looks like, in the yeah. movie. Um, and so maybe I'm just not matching tempo with it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought uh, Hardy's accent was a little strange. Fair. I just feel like if this is a hit... Which it probably will be on some yeah. level. <laughs> that like we can eventually do like a Tom Holland versus Tom Hardy oh, Spider-Man. Oh, stop it, bud! I can only get so hard. Yeah, uh, Justin. Now that we're uh, fully erect, let, let's talk about some plugs. Uh, yeah, everyone's favorite parts of, of the show. Of course, we are only able to afford to go to the film tomorrow. <laughs> That's probably true because you support us uh, over at Patreon.com/slash/TopMarks, and thank you for doing that. Yes, uh, we're gonna get some bonus content out for you once again before the end of the month. But uh, half marks did drop last week. And, uh, yeah, we, we got something in the... Yeah, in the Andre world. the Giant. We got to watch that and uh, review it. That'll yeah. go up on the Patreon. Yeah. Uh, and and maybe uh, maybe another thing, too. We'll oh, see. my God. We'll Holy see. We'll see what we have time for geez. this month. Time is I'm playing down. God of War, for goodness sakes. It's true. You're, you're addicted to your PS4 at the moment, Extreme. which is a real problem. I really am, man. <laughs> Brock came home the other day, and he was like, I haven't seen you not here. Because I'm not a guy who's home very much. I'm out and about a yeah. lot. And Brock is like, it is getting a little weird. Oh, like, you walk. wanted to, like, cancel the podcast. Like, I did. Weeks ago, yeah, I, I, like, I still do. <laughs> yeah, no more, no more tapings. We can't do this. I'm busy playing God of War. Unless you want this to become a God of War podcast, I'm out. <laughs> but Justin, like you say, uh, Patreon.com/slash Top Marks if you want some of that. And now, if it was a God of War podcast, yeah, 
it would be called go ahead pod of war oh yes come on come on let's do it let's do it uh justin you know what else i want to do i on monday will be uh attending uh, you know where i'll be monday four to eight next week where you, you'd never guess justin i'm gonna be at commercial and gravely that's right a bar called the penny because uh justin i don't know if you know this but you host raw with the volume on the only bar that does this in vancouver every single week uh what are some of these specials that go on there ba- basket of fries for the cheap is that right for three dollars uh our double highballs uh are seven bucks i think our red truck taps are on special for 550 you can't even get a potato for three bucks yeah i know right that's an amazing deal justin it so is wonderful commercial and gravely uh and with and, that and not just on mondays now oh we have expanded our wrestling repertoire to Tuesdays as well. Oh, my goodness. So it's not just Raw at the Penny. Oh, my it's goodness. It's Monday and Tuesday. We're calling it Taps and Graps. Hey, that's not bad. Beer and wrestling as it was meant to be enjoyed with the sound on, on the big screen. Now, are you there week. Tuesdays? Uh, I was this week. Okay. I don't know if I will be every week. but Because uh, without you... I'm not so sure about this. I think I think Mike might be there. Okay, as long time. as somebody who watches wrestling yeah. is it, there. We'll have a wrestling expert on hand. And listen, if I might recommend the Honey Sriracha Wings. We're obsessed with those wings, They're but very tasty. Well, let's let's get into it. Speaking That's, of tasty. Yeah, speaking of tasty. <laughs> let's get this delicious show underway. <laughs> In, In round, round number one. Round one. Fight. <laughs> Justin, on Sunday night, uh, Impact, TNA, GCW, whatever it is these days, uh, put forth, I would say, their most... Uh, GCW is something different. I think you're thinking of Global Force. Oh, I'm thinking of GFW. I'm thinking of Game Changer Wrestling, yeah. uh, where Tremont's champ. You were correct. Uh, but that just shows how many naming conventions they've gone through and what a, a lack of brand identity this company, now Impact, has had. Hey, they rolled out brand new belts on this show. I, I think this is part of the story. As and, they- and a bunch of them look pretty rad. I like the look of the, all these new belts. And they had to do that because literally like half of their championship titles prior to this Sunday were GFW belts that they had literally slapped an impact sticker on top of. Did you mean that in a good or bad way? Bad way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is like cheap as can be. So, Justin, we will talk about the card, okay? We're going to talk about the card. Don't you worry about that. Mm. I see you getting nervous. But first, I want to talk about uh, where Impact stands right now. Uh, it, it does feel like they've they've turned a bit of a corner. Not Maybe not in quality, but in terms of having their feet planted. We know where their headquarters is. They, they seem like a company with a new face. Would you agree? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're clearly like doing all this stuff in Canada to get tax breaks, yep. I think. Yeah. Uh, and that's partly why they're including so many more Canadian wrestlers also, is like they need... It's like a... Can, it, I don't know if our American listeners are aware of this, but basically like there's uh, uh, incentives within the Canadian film industry to uh, like shoot in Canada, use Canadian crew, use Canadian cast. If a certain percentage of your crew and cast are all from Canada, then you get like a pretty massive substantial yeah. tax break and incentive uh, uh, to do that. So that is kind of what is driving the idea that like they're doing all these tapings in the Ontario area. Slammiversary is going to be in Toronto this yeah. year. Uh, I think this pay-per-view, I'm not sure where it was shot, but I'm pretty sure it was in Ontario also. I, I was going to say Toronto again, was it not? Uh, maybe Ottawa. Okay, gotcha. I'm not sure, but... Uh, it's very, very Canada-oriented, yeah, uh, and that is for money reasons, and that's fine, because if that is how you are going to survive, and look, there are a ton of great Canadian talents, 
we saw it like Taya Valkyrie was on this show, right? And she was billed as being from Victoria, which I don't think she gets that billing when she's on Lucha Underground. I actually didn't know that until uh, listeners who are uh, our Patreon donors listen to Half Marks. Brock brought this up on the Half Marks episode that Taya was uh, a Victoria native. I like never heard her of... and Chelsea Green came up together. That's right. I had never heard Victoria. this before. I had no idea, and I think that means you're right that she's not billed as that because I've seen her wrestle before, but I had no idea until Brock told me that she was from Victoria. And maybe you have to build them that way so that it's like <laughs> making the tax man aware that these people are Canadians. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. but uh, This uh, pay-per-view, now that I look it up, actually took place in Orlando, Florida. Oh, really? So there you go. This I imagine maybe their last one there, though. Yeah. I mean, they did have a show in Ottawa recently, I'm thinking of. Yeah. Was it a taping? This. Was it a set of tapings, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure exactly. Either way, Justin, do you feel um, maybe more poised to like Impact than you have in years past? Or I, I'm must- open to giving it a shot because it's clear that like it is under new management and that this is stable management you know yeah. like they're the, the thing with impact over the last like i don't know maybe forever you know but certainly since i've been back into the, the wrestling world over the last like five or six years yeah is just like enormous instability <laughs> the the the, the storyline of the of the company is not anything kayfabe that no. the company is putting out it is like literally Placing bets on when this company is going to collapse and die. Yeah, when people say that there's no such thing as bad press, TNA is always what I think of. Where it's just like, I don't know if that can be true. Because they're talked about a lot. And I mean, basically since 2009, they've had this reputation of being like a sinking ship. On the verge of collapse at any moment here. And the jokes with the guys and their bad... Oh, what's uh, Juan Seno doing in the impact zone? Like this sort of thing. I feel like that's been the reputation to a point that has hurt them. Because I think we both enjoyed last year's Slammiversary. And they have had some good output. But it just seems so muddled and stuck in the politics that you almost have to wade through this sea of nonsense to even get to the product. And I did feel watching Redemption, the parts of it that I did watch, that maybe maybe we're a little bit outside of that now. Now, there were some choices that definitely made me feel like this is classic TNA, and we can dive into that as we get into the card. But I feel a little bit more ready to, to watch Impact pay-per-views. Probably not the TV, though. Yeah, I don't know that I'll ever get to a point where I'm going to be watching Impact's weekly television unless somebody, like, something major happens. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you got to watch that. Like, similar to... You know, what the Hardys were doing a couple of years ago, right. where I did have like a series record PVR set up on my TV back when I had cable. <laughs> what, a, what a life I was leading a couple of years <laughs> Must ago. Must be nice there, Riding Richie high, Rich. Living with a lady, and didn't then it all <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> I didn't realize I was uh, doing a podcast with Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I. I Let's talk about presentation for a second sure. before we get into this. Because yeah. I feel like the one thing that's going to hold me back mm-hmm. from being like, Impact has really turned the corner. They are they are worth watching. This is a this is a legit product. I still think like hanging on and I don't know what else you do, because who else is out there for you to bring in? This commentary team, I just don't think Josh Matthews is very good. It's weird because he's not a very good commentator, but I think he's a great heel character on shows. Yeah. And has, did you know he had a completely serious male fashion podcast? I did know that. It's like the most heel thing I can possibly imagine. Yeah. <laughs> like he, I feel like he'd be better served as an on-screen character because like you, I found the commentary not bad, but unremarkable. It, it makes it feel second rate. It, the entire... There's just something about the tone of Josh Matthews, and maybe it's that like I've heard him for all these years yeah. not even not even that I like hearing him watching the show 
I've heard him like while listening to the law, and they'd have like these ads that come on during the like commercial breaks <laughs> where it's like, "I'm Josh Matthews, voice right. of Impact Wrestling," and like it just sounds cheap. Yeah, you know? I, uh, I think there's a lot about their production that sort of keeps me away. I would ditch. I think the blue needs to go. Like it just still looks like TNA, mm-hmm. and we will dive into the card. I promise, because there were some things we're celebrating, and I think certainly true of the main event. If this had if this match was in a different venue with a different crowd, I, I really think people would be talking about it as like not a match of the year, but not totally outside of that tier either. Yeah. Um, but it's just again muddled by this this TNA look. Now there is something though about the presentation from a camera perspective that mm. I do enjoy. Okay. In that like it's it's clearly professional, but it's not like tippity top sleekness. Yeah. There's kind of a throwback element to it where it's it it makes me feel like not on the same level, but like what I felt like watching, you know, earlier ROH maybe, or like Raw back in like 1998, sure, or something on that level. You know, there wasn't like such an like this is our all the shots, an enormous shot. amount of polish to it, right? I, so they're like from a production perspective, I do like the presentation, but the commentary is just I don't know, a little Keeps stale, it. a little stale. Well, Justin, you and I did not watch every match on this card. We did because, not, uh, but uh, we I think we cover most of it between yeah, the two between of us. Yeah, between us. So uh, let's start here with uh, Eli Drake and Scott Steiner, uh, a bit of an odd couple pairing if there ever was one. Take on LAX, uh, Santina, or Sant- Santana and Ortiz. Uh, so you did not watch this match. I did not have time for this one. I skipped into hour two, basically, right yeah. from the get-go. Well, good call. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, for those who may not seen, they put the tag belts on Eli Drake and Scott Steiner. Yes. Again to our Scott Steiner, how old is he at this point? I'm not sure. Got to be in his 60s. I would think late 50s for at least. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and for those of you who who did listen to TNA versus or rather uh, Impact versus Lucha Underground, the the Patreon show, I was not very complimentary of Scott Steiner on this show, as it seems to me that old boy uh, isn't the most mobile these days. Do you have an age there, Just? Here, you're grinning. Uh, not yet. Okay, just I'm jump in looking. when it's there. But of course. Uh, Scott Steiner is not a, a mobile, good professional wrestler these days. He's He moves like a guy who's been on steroids for 40 years. He's 55. Yeah, man, he's not a young 55 either. Like, he's an Undertaker 55. Mm-hmm. I, I was stunned at this decision to... I mean, he owns the Shonies. What more <laughs> do you need to know? everything you need to know. <laughs> it, it, it really dawned on me, and I'm sure other people have drawn this comparison before, though, but that LAX are completely... They are, for TNA, what the Briscoes are for ROH, where it's just... They are good, but I'm just so used to seeing them in this setting that they just need to feel fresh. I, I didn't like this decision, though, to put it on Drake and Steiner because... Steiner looked awful. Did, did you happen to see the big spot from this match before I spoil it? Uh, the Frankensteiner top yeah. rope? Yeah. yeah. It looked awful. I, like, I mean, impressive that he could do it at all. I, yeah, I guess that's true. Land himself. He spikes himself, which yeah, in wrestling exactly. you can't do because it, it, it's like a Canadian destroy. It's like unless it's done perfectly, it's confusing who took the offense in this move. True, like true. I genuinely, and I'm not saying this as a joke or anything, I wasn't sure if they're trying to sell this as a Scott Steiner counter. Or, or, sorry, rather, uh, an Ortiz counter onto Scott Steiner because okay. it was so brutal. So. I'll defend why. I think this is good booking for one reason and one reason only. Go ahead. This was the opening match on the card, right? No. No? No, okay, Drago was, and Aerostar. Other stuff that we missed that we don't care about. Yeah. Regardless, uh, it's, it, it's a headline grabber. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. we weren't necessarily following these results on Sunday as they were coming in. Yeah. But I hopped in the group chat immediately at the end of this That's match true. and was like, holy shit, you guys. Yeah. Big Papa Pump is the Impact Tag Champion in 2018. You know what? I, I, as a headline, I, I completely get it. I just wonder what it does for their tag team division when you don't really have a tag team who can wrestle holding the belts. But, uh, but I do get it. Eli Drake is pretty good, though. Like, if he has to be the guy who does most of the ring work... And like Scott takes some hot tags here and there. Well, and they were smart. They gave, they let Eli get the pin here and whatnot. So it, it, obviously he is getting the shine. I don't. It felt weird to me, but I get it. Like you say, it's a headline me. grabber. This yeah. is a company that wants attention, so that if you pay attention to it, you can be like, oh, this is not as bad as I thought it would be. I just wish that more of the attention would have been exiting the main event. I feel like Steiner swallowed up a lot of it. Fair. But, uh, the the next match on the card, Justin, is this six-man with uh, Brian Cage that you were talking about. It is, about. yeah, and I did see this one. This was uh, an X-Division match, which kind of confused me because I thought the X-Division was TNAs or Impact's like cruiserweights. It is, but it's not like a weight limit. Okay, because Brian Cage is in this match, and obviously <laughs> he's an enormous gentleman. He's at least 206 pounds. Brian Cage <laughs> defeats Desmond Xavier, DJZ, El Hijo del Fantasma, Taiji Ishimori, and Trevor Lee. Yeah. And I... I love this match cool. just because just because Brian Cage himself is pure spectacle. The man is incredible. And like watching him work all of these like little flippy guys into insane reversals and like catch holds and stuff like he was awesome. The one thing that I will say though is that you could see like the machinations of this match, like guys mm. waiting for their turn to interrupt pinfalls and that chairs. sort of thing. Uh, in a way where, like, I feel like WWE is a lot better at that. Yeah. And having, like, a, a a fast pace where guys seemingly come out of nowhere to hit their spot and then have a spot hit on them immediately. This was a little predictable. Yeah. And I, I, I said this to you uh, the other day, or actually earlier this afternoon. <laughs> That's uh, the other day. Yeah. I said this to you. By the time this comes out, it will be the That's other right. day. That's right. That, like, if WWE is, like, watching a show on Broadway that impact sometimes feels like watching a high school play. Yeah, I, I like that comparison. Um, and this match kind of felt like that at times, and in so much as that, like, you could feel the guys, like, getting into position for their moments and whatnot. I'd like to ask a quick question here, Justin. Did Trevor Lee stand out to you at all? This is a guy who I always like to see, uh, be it for PWG sometimes or mm. in impact. Sort of. The, I got to say, outside of uh, Brian Cage, the one guy who stood out for me was... Uh, the Del Fantasma guy. Oh, with uh, the L yeah LED Daft yeah, Punk helmet. Well, no, he he looked like uh, I think this is the guy. He looked like the Phantasm. Oh, really? Or or um the Phantom rather. Okay. From like uh like 1940s serials. Oh, I don't you know. know that. Like that Billy Zane movie, The Phantom. Nope. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's who he was dressed sure. as in the match, and it was kind of cool, and he had some some decent spots as well. Did you watch uh, Taya Valkyrie versus Kira Hogan? I did, yes. And Taya Valkyrie, of course, very cool. But this match was like not so much important as a match as it was important uh, for what was happening on commentary. Tessa Blanchard joined the commentary team to announce that Tessa Blanchard is joining Impact as their latest knockout acquisition. Cool. And uh, I think she's great. I think yeah. she was excellent in the Mae Young Classic. Good signing. I don't know why WWE is not interested in her at this Too point. Too many women. She's Tully's daughter, obviously. Yep. She's an excellent worker. She's got the look. This is a great signing for Impact. I agree. Then, Justin, I do know you watched this one. Uh, Dave Christ, Jake Christ, and Sammy Callahan, OVE. 
uh, taking on Eddie Edwards, Moose, and Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. I should have watched this match. I don't know why I didn't. I, I hate that they are turning, like, what is legit an awful incident, like, shoot incident. Yeah. With, like... Like, Sammy Callahan basically almost blinded Eddie Edwards for real. Crushed him. And they're treating this as, like, a normal way to get heat. It's like, no, Sammy Callahan does not have wrestling heat. He has X-Pac heat. He has, I fucking hate this guy, I hope he dies heat. Yeah. And, look, they tapped into that in the end. Edwards uh, lost the match because Sammy pinned Tommy Dreamer. Right. But the match ends after that with, like, Eddie Edwards legit going insane and, like, taping Callahan to the, like, ropes. That sounds kind of cool. Splitting his head open with barbed wire and then just brutally assaulting him with a cane. Fuck, why didn't I watch this? Uh, and Was the, it good? But it went wild. Like, the ref tried to break it up and he hit the ref with his cane. Tommy Dreamer tried to break it up. He pushed him away and, like, threatened to hit him with the cane. He was, like, unloading cane shots on everyone. And then his wife came out to try and calm him down. Oh. And he turned around and hit his wife oh. with the cane and knocked her out. And the, I did love, they brought out, like, a crew of paramedics to attend to his wife who yeah. was like knocked out sure. by the cane shot and uh, all of like their paramedics crew come out wearing fucking OR scrubs <laughs> like you oh you know they're real doctors because they're wearing operating room Straight from scrubs, the operating room which was crazy uh, did you like the match Justin uh yeah it was kind of fun but again like it, I have a problem with like using this to, like, push that Sammy Callahan is a heel. Sure. And not that he's just a piece of shit as a human being. Let's talk about the main event here, Justin. Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix challenging Austin Aries for his TNA World, or his Impact World Championship. Uh, I'll just come out and say it. I I thought this match was the shit. I loved it. I thought it was really good. Uh, Yeah, we've already done more than 15 minutes, honestly, so let's do a little overtime here. Okay. Because, look, I guess we're talking about TNA, and we had a lot to say, so it's all good. We can't leave you in charge of the clock anymore. It's always a disaster. My bad, my bad. (laughs) No, I love this match. Yeah. I thought it was great. Uh, I thought, like, I think we were both stunned by the result here. Yeah, oh. Because this was clearly what they were intending to be, the blow-off spot for... Uh, Austin Aries versus Alberto Del Patron. That's right. But clearly, Alberto uh, was fired. After Talk about problematic. <laughs> no showed Lucha Underground versus uh, Impact. And I think uh, Lucha probably had a lot of sympathy to Impact in that regard, as they have also I'm dealt sure. with uh, the bullshit of Alberto Del Rio in the past. At this point, every wrestling promotion on earth yeah. has dealt with the bullshit of him. So maybe that's why they agreed to like go further with this like talent lending situation. Yep. Um, but. Fantastic match, filled with great spots from beginning to end. Phoenix had a couple spots where he slipped up. A little yeah, bit. he goes. I forget what the sp- he's going for a springboard moonsault. I think it is, and then he ends up just jumping back down to the mat and then doing a um, spiral plancha. He tried to do like a rope walk spot at one point, and yeah. he just slipped off the ropes. Yeah, too. and he looked very unconfident during it. Yeah, uh, I would just like to say if this isn't coming across, this is in my match of the year. Uh, list. Like, if you haven't seen this match, I would really recommend giving it a fair kick at the can. I absolutely endorse watching this match as well. Like, it, it's... It, and again, go into the clear mind. Don't think of the hang-ups of Impact. Just just give this a shot. It's like a triple threat match because I, I really think there's a lot here. It's very high paced. There's If we complain about the New Japan style of, like, taking a while to get going, this match is only 16 minutes. 
But it's 16 minutes of action. It's like the entire thing is the end of a New Japan match. Absolutely. So I, I'd really go out of my way to seek this out. Uh, what do you think of this like talent lending arrangement between Lucha Underground and Impact right now? It seems to be working, but it's a little confused to me. You know, It's I, obviously one-sided because Lucha Underground is taped so far in advance yeah. that it's not like Impact can offer their guys up necessarily. That's right. But I do like that... like. You know, I feel like Lucha Underground sometimes is a little bit like hermetically sealed or like encased in, in amber or whatever. Like, yeah, it's its own thing. And because it's taped so far in advance, all these guys who work there sometimes are just left like twiddling their thumbs for like a right. year at a time when they can't do anything until these episodes air. Well, Ricochet so, was stuck in that exactly. famously. Yeah. So to let them go work Lucha Underground keeps them current and yeah. makes it feel. Like something that is happening concurrently in the world of wrestling and whether or not it is, you know? I guess as, as you talk that through, and I do agree with you, uh, my problem, I guess, is I'm more interested in those guys in Lucha Underground than I am in TNA. Like, Austin Aries in Lucha Underground is more interesting to me than Pentagon in uh, TNA. But, however, Pentagon being their champion... Yeah, he won the match. I mean, that, it's <laughs> it's interesting. Who could deny that that is interesting? Yeah, we did. I think everybody coming into this was like, well, it should be a fun match, but there's no way Austin yeah. Aries is losing this title and he did and uh yeah pentagon jr is the impact champion heading into slammiversary this year who knows what his match will be there i have no idea but i'm, I'm like semi-interested to find out so that's worth something yeah and i think look uh, are did did impact redeem itself did they did they achieve redemption with this show no but it's a step in the right direction for me what about you was it enough to make you excited to watch slammiversary I think, honestly, last year's Slammiversary was enough to get me to watch Slammiversary this year. I liked last year's Slammiversary more than I liked Redemption. Yeah, here. I agree with that. Uh, but yeah, I but would say... But a lot say, of those guys are gone now, yeah, right? I, I would say I'm definitely going to watch Slammiversary. What about you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. There if only because it will give us something to talk about. And that's 15 minutes. That was not 15 minutes. <laughs> it was exactly... 15 minutes. That was almost 20 minutes. Oh, that's my fine. Lord. Don't tell me that, Justin. Uh, I did just want to say also, yeah. I watched her match, and I watched her backstage segment. Mm. I think Allie is a great character. Is she sort of Bailey? Am I getting this correct? Kind of, except like she's... I, I feel like she's like... I don't know if I maybe misread the situation, but I felt <laughs> like she was a heel a little bit. Okay. I don't know if I'm wrong on that. I might be. Yeah. Uh, I, I I liked her as a as a talker, as a character. The ring work, not oh, all there so, so. at the moment. Let me ask you this. Was she a person? Yes. Justin, she would love this next segment because, indeed, it is the people segment. It is Sunday Night Tweet. Oh. Justin, do you know how a Sunday Night Tweet works? I don't. Break it down for <laughs> Oh, boy. Am I excited? This is a little insulting that, you know, a year into doing this, you still don't know the rules. I just, but, you uh, know, I don't pay attention when you talk. <laughs> well, then let me explain it to you, my friend. I would love it if you did. Every week, I, Josh Custodial, scour Twitter.com, and I uh, look at uh, Twitter accounts of members of the active WWE roster, and I, I browse their timelines for things that just seem sort of askew or funny or strange or in character or out of character, anything that catches my interest. I then read their tweet aloud to Justin, who then, based off of almost no information, has to guess who the tweeter in question is. Justin, do you now understand the rules to Sunday Night Tweet? I do, yes, but I want to say this is a special edition of Sunday Night Tweet also. Oh, is it? Okay. Because you're going to give me five tweets to guess. Yeah. And then I'm going to flip it back at you and give you one too. Unless... The tweet that I have chosen for you is already in your mix. Oh here. my goodness, I'm nervous and excited. It's just like my. Anyway, uh, Justin, <laughs> are you ready for tweet number one? Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> 
I feel weightless in the valley, like I'm everywhere at once. I feel weightless in the valley, like I am everywhere at once. Correct. So this is somebody on the WWE roster who's recently dipped into uh, psychedelic drugs, I suspect. In the valley? Yeah, I think this is a, a song lyric is how it reads to me. But uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it is. But that's my assumption from it. But okay. I feel weightless in the valley like I'm everywhere at once. I'm going to go with a man who is uh, expanding his his uh, his his... His mind, okay. Well, let's say he's going to the Mind Unleashed Facebook page. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he's 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 galaxy braining right now. <laughs> I love that. Uh, under the tutelage of Matt Hardy, and that would be Bray Wyatt. That's a great guess. Uh, it would work with their character, but indeed, no, it is your guy, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins feels weightless in the valley. Interesting. Like he's everywhere. I don't know once. what that means. I think he loves drugs. <laughs> uh, Justin, are you ready for the second tweet this week? Sure. Let me hear it. Life. The way it really is, is a battle. Not between good and bad, but between bad and the worse. <laughs> I'm going to guess. <laughs> Do you want me to read it one more time? Yes. Life. The way it really is, is a battle not between good and bad, but between bad and the worse. I'm going to guess a woman who made her promo debut on Monday Night mm. Raw this week. Uh, and I couldn't tell you what she said necessarily, <laughs> which I think is part of her appeal. And that would be, of course, the Blitz and Trapper herself, <laughs> Sarah Logan. Justin, it is Sexy Amelia Earhart. Sarah Logan coming in and letting you know that uh, it's not good and evil, it's good and bad. And then bad and worse. Okay. So uh, some syntax errors from uh, young Sarah Logan. Justin, the third tweet this week reads as follows. Today is hashtag World Book Day. My favorite day. Currently reading The Overstory by Richard Powers and New Power by Jeremy Hymans and Henry Timms. What are you reading? What are you reading? It's World Book Day is their favorite day. <laughs> so, so you're trying to think maybe somebody who's uh, a loser. Who's brainy. <laughs> who loves books. Yeah, their favorite day of the year. Hmm. Uh, I think he's an avid reader. Uh, and we've talked before about how he's never been included in your version of Sunday Night Tweet. Oh, who's that? So I'm going to think uh, he certainly was reading some stage plays when he was the drama king. Hang on. There is no way Aiden English would have a favorite day that wasn't Rusev Day. That's true. It's but, not. I, but l his name is English. <laughs> the subject where you read books. Are you guessing him? It all adds up. It's, it's got to be Aiden English. <laughs> Justin, I'm just. I'm not telling you it isn't, but it. <laughs> but it's not. I'm, so I should guess someone else. I'm not. I'm not telling you. Okay, well, I'm going to go way off the board here with someone who's probably never read a book in the last 20 <laughs> years and guess Randy Orton. <laughs> Justin, it is not Randy Orton. It is one half of Rusev Day. Aiden English. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you asshole. I did guess Aiden English. Justin, Justin, it's not Aiden English. Oh, okay. It's the Yes Master himself. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan likes books. Of course, World he book loves day. books. Yeah. yeah goes that along, makes perfect sense. It goes along with veganism. Yeah. Uh, Justin, here's He loves the, books so much he wrote a book. There you go. Yeah, yeah I'm sure he sat down behind the typewriter. Uh, <laughs> the fourth tweet this week rings at, reads as follows. I'm sorry I don't laugh at the right times. Is this what it feels like with my wings clipped? 
I'm awkward and nervous. I'm sorry I don't laugh at the right times. <laughs> is this what it feels like with my wings clipped? I'm is, awkward. Is this what it feels like with my wings clipped? <laughs> That's right. What the fuck? It's a very melancholy tweet. Uh, bearing their soul to the world, this uh, this woman, this uh, this young lady. Uh, I'm sorry I don't laugh at the right times. Is this what it feels like with my wings clipped? Um, I'm awkward and nervous. Okay, well, I'm going to go with someone who had the most awkward moment of the year. Oh, okay. Maybe the most awkward moment of the decade. Okay. Uh, when she made her entrance this week in, during oh. the main event, <laughs> she went to hug a young girl as she always does. But oh. then there was a oh, this was there was like a like a young adult man next to uh, the girl yeah. as well who like tried to get in on the hug. He like tried to hug around. Yeah, it was like a hover. Like air touching, it basically. Was, it was one of the cringier things I've seen recently. And it, yeah, and she just blew right past him, and he kind of looked dejected. And I don't know what you expected to happen there, bud. You're like you're like 18 years old. Yeah, don't. You're you're the time for you to hug Bailey has come and gone. Yeah, let's let's just uh, not. Is that your guess, Justin? Uh, yeah, just because I don't know. I see. It could also fit with Alexa this week. Whose oh. moment of bliss segment, I have to say, was spectacular. Yeah, she's... That was powerful. It was really, really excellent. Um, and, like, just kind of playing the victim in all of this as the clear bully who's, yeah. like, standing against bullying oh. might fit with that tweet. But just the sheer awkwardness, I'm going to go with Bailey. Justin? It's Bailey! It is Bailey! Yeah, there you go! Uh, two. You've gotten uh, both the lady ones right today. Two for four, okay, Justin. Okay. Uh, attuned to the ladies as always. Okay, you might okay. say. Okay. Uh, just kidding. It was Aiden English. <laughs> 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 Justin, it's time for the fifth tweet this week, and you know what that means. It's we, my favorite tweet of the it's week. Your favorite tweet. Here we go, Justin. With Raw having two bobs, now I predict one loses his first name. Who do you think that will be? <laughs> So the tweeter in question referring to, uh, I suppose, Bobby Roode and Bobby Lashley, both being on Raw. Yes. Uh, and thinking one of them must lose their last name in WWE fashion. Uh, or first name, you would think. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess yeah, just being gotta, Bobby. Gotta shed a Bob. But refers to them as Bob. <laughs> um, I feel like I saw this tweet, and I thought it was funny. Uh, and someone who's had good tweets, and it's very funny, and we think might be one of the funnier tweeters going right now in WWE and is of course well versed with losing his first name as well. Mm, there you go. I'm going to go with the man formerly known as Alexander Rusev. Justin, I have good news for you. Yeah? It's Rusev Day! It is the Bulgarian brute, Rusev! Beautiful! A job well done to you, Joe. Now, I follow him, so I'm sure I actually saw that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, of course, I said I was going to turn the table this week. Oh, I get so anxious. Flip it at back this. on you. Okay. Uh, now, of course, I don't know if you saw this little uh, whole thing that went on, but uh, Arya Davari had no. a tweet. He photoshopped uh, himself doing a flying press move onto a piece of mint chocolate. <laughs> Why? Uh, I, I'll show it to you right now. Okay. He's doing a flying press onto some mint it looks chocolate. delicious. And he says garbage chocolate <laughs> really 
That's and then great... and then he tags a certain superstar in the tweet. Okay. And then this superstar. And this is what I'm trying to guess. Yes. Okay. Decides to turn it around and do a poll of the entire roster. And he says, Mint chocolate, yay or nay? Jack, yay. Tony, yay. Tozawa, nay. Ah! Asuka, yay. Good Brothers, nay. Shinsuke, yay. Renee, yay. Hideo, yay. Scott Armstrong, nay. Charles Robinson, nay. IRS, nay. Mandy, nay. Artie Evans, nay. Nikki S, yay. Tom Phillips, yay. Jeff Hardy, nay. Becky, yay. Tyson, yay. Jimmy Uso, nay. Kendrick, yay. Sonya, yay. Billy Kay, nay. Peyton, yay. Cedric, yay. Aiden, yay. Jason Ayers, nay. Cass, yay. <laughs> Kofi, nay. Jay Uso, Uso, nay. Gerv, yay. <laughs> Samoa Joe, yay. Ty, yay. Woods, nay. Cesaro, nay. And I know chocolate. I'm from Switzerland and this debate is over. <laughs> Lindsay, nay. Corey Graves, yay. Big E, yay. Wow. Who do you think wrote all well, this? Well, I want to know, are yay you or yay or nay with mint chocolate? Uh, I'll go yay. Yeah, I, I think like after rates are pretty good. I, I wouldn't say that I like love mint chocolate, but I love mint chocolate chip ice cream. Like so a maybe, thin mint? Yeah, I guess I like those. It's pretty good. I don't know that I'd like prefer it. To, I would say yay, though. I think it's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Okay, so it's somebody on either the SmackDown or 205 Live roster. Mm-hmm. That's about all. And now, did you notice he used Gerv's real name? Everyone else yeah. got there. No, a couple of guys, I think, are Oh, did are they? Okay. names. Uh, uh, so I'm going to – I'm just going to – don't tell me if I'm I'm on the right track here, but I'm just going to limit it to 205 Live. I feel like they're, they're in the backstage they're easy to deal with. Okay. So who on 205 Live is going to go poll everybody? I feel like Gulak would do that. Um, I mean, yeah, I, his whole thing was that he was a politician. Yeah, that's, yeah I feel like – Polling, that he, makes sense. Uh, not – okay, it's not going to be Buddy Murphy. It's not going to be any of the heels I wouldn't think – Although, how true is anybody to themselves? See, I'm terrible at Sunday Night Tweet. Have I ever gotten one? Um, okay, Babyface, Cruiserweight, who wasn't on that list, actually. Yeah, I guess they just wouldn't be on that list. Gulak wasn't on it, right? Yeah. But he's a heel. Yeah. I don't know. Was was uh, Drew on the list? Who's who's a Babyface on 205 Live? I guess Mustafa Ali. Yeah, Drew was not on the list. Yeah, I'm kind of down to Mustafa Ali or Gulak, which coincidentally is what the Cruiserweight Tournament final should have been. Just letting everybody out there know would have been my... Oh, and Cedric Alexander, of course. Um, oh, man, he seems so bland. I- I'm going to go... Ugh. Oh, okay, I'm going gonna- I'm gonna to go with Drew Gulak. Josh. What? You were so close. No! Ah, fuck! You ruled him out as the heel and thought this would be a babyface thing to do, and if it was a babyface, then it would have been Mustafa Ali. Was it Mustafa Ali? It was fuck! Mustafa Ali! Ah, God. Okay, so right line of thinking. And someone said. sent him a Photoshop of Team Yay. Yeah. Superimposing everyone who said yay, their faces, onto the shot from the Civil War trailer of, like, <laughs> Cap and all of them running at the... At the, oh at the camera. Oh, my gosh. And Mustafa is Captain America. Oh, uh, Asuka is like... Um, That's fabulous stuff. Uh, Danae 
Garai's character. Oh, goodness gracious. Shinsuke is Black Panther. I feel frustrated. I was Jack right there. Jack Gallagher is uh, Winter Soldier. It's pretty great. Uh, I was right there, but I missed it. So it goes. All right, Justin. Well, it was... Uh, <laughs> Tommy is the Hulk. I indeed should have gone with a face, but I went with a heel. But we'll dive into some more heels on that roster. In round, round number two. two. Round two. Fight. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? When Justin Morissette and Josh Custodio talk about you. Uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Yeah. Because I, I think we both felt like the loss of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to SmackDown was a significant one. And perhaps so significant that it shouldn't have happened. The most significant loss SmackDown took in but the shakeup. I don't think we thought when I, I was progn- prognosticating. What does that mean? Uh, guessing. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, taking my stabs at what the roster was going to look like post shakeup. Okay. I don't think any of us would have predicted that SmackDown was going to come out the way that they did, just like utterly fleecing Raw like that. Uh, certainly not. No. I mean, if the last shakeup is to, you know, if you're going to think there's a trend there, you're, you're probably going to think they're going to end up sort of even ish or maybe even leaning towards Raw being favored a bit. But mm-hmm. like you said, uh, exiting last week's show, I think we had sort of said, you know, the, they have some ground to make up in losing Zayn and Owens. But besides that, they mostly won this this superstar shakeup, and I think Tuesday and Monday's shows really reinforced that. So that's two heels, the guys who were kind of your top heels on SmackDown for yep. the last little bit, leaving the show and creating a power vacuum of sorts. Yeah, definitely. And now some of that was already filled on WrestleMania itself after, of course, Owens and Zayn were fired. Nakamura did his... His low blow thing. But but let's be clear. I feel like there's been some revisionist history here. When Nakamura low blowed AJ at the end of that match, I felt like, I'll speak for myself here, I wasn't sure how it was going to go. And I felt like reaction online and probably on the show was, was reasonably split in terms of how heel Nakamura was going to go. Oh, yeah. Like, if you go back and listen to Whiskey Mania... <laughs> I won't. But <laughs> the, the two of us are pretty fucking hammered, and I, and I am in particular like... The guy's whole thing is that he's just all physical <laughs> charisma. How are you supposed to be a healer and all you can do is physical charisma? You can't even speak. That's right, yeah. But And I think you were right. And I, I think I said something maybe akin to that. And mm-hmm. I think there was reason for concern. But I, I think we have to call it when we're wrong. And this has been a, a refreshing to, the, to Shinsuke's character in a way that I'm not going to say it's unprecedented, but heel turns don't always do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he feels like a different guy already. What, what do you think here? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, part of it is that he's cutting better promos than we expected him to be able to do. Yeah. But also that, like, physical charisma can work for evil also. Yeah. I just saw the word. I, I don't remember if it was a tweet or even in our wrestling chat where somebody said there's now just this casualness to Shinsuke Nakamura that there wasn't before. And I, I wish I could take credit for it, but I really do think that's what's he coming. He feels comfortable. Yeah. He doesn't feel like he has to remember these lines and deliver them perfectly and be a boy. He doesn't feel new to the WWE. He mm-hmm. feels like he's having some fun. And and like you say, that matches a physical charisma and really all of Shinsuke's style really well. And, and dovetails in a way that I, I think maybe we should have seen coming. And I know that uh, People have tweeted into us saying that a great portion of his IC run in New Japan was as a heel, so maybe that adds to some of his comfort level. But but whatever it is, I'm all aboard. Even the Kinshasa feels like better as a heel move now. Yeah, because like he gets to set it up in heelish ways. He, well, he definitely he's like, basically teasing them. It's coming, ha 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 ha! You yeah, can't yeah. stop it. And like the low kick to set it up this week. Yep. 
brutal. He was kicking to kill this week, by the way, yeah. in general in that match. Was it Aiden English who was taking the kicks? I can't even remember. No, now. no, no. It would have been uh, Anderson. Was it Anderson? Yeah, yeah. he was just booting the hell out of someone. English was on his own team. Oh, right, of course. Oh, my um, goodness. But, oh, can we just talk about what a fantastic angle that was to close out the show on Tuesday? I thought SmackDown beginning to end this week was quite good, if I'm being honest. What, what, but, but just like, yeah. I loved everything about the way the show went off the air yep. with... Anderson throwing himself in front of the Kinshasa to save AJ. Yep. And then AJ unable to do the same for Anderson afterwards. Beautiful moment. Um, uh, and just like kind of screaming out as his buddy like gets killed in front of him. I don't know if this is just my Finn Balor anti-bias that he's not really one of my guys. But I, I like the club surrounding AJ it feels more natural. It seems like they're actual friends to me in a way that they don't feel with Balor. Does that does that come across to you at all, or am I out to lunch? I mean, we didn't get the kind of segments with Finn and the club to really show that kind of chemistry, right? Like they they had some six man matches together, and they and the club came out and made the save. Yep. for Finn a few times as well, but we didn't get them like palling around. And look, now the palling around that we have gotten in the past with AJ and these guys was as heels. Yeah. Uh, but you can still see a ton of chemistry in that. And look, like I I have said all along, the best that the club has ever been was beat up John Cena. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. kind of AJ's peak in some ways as well. Like, as a, he, yeah. he's done great stuff. Like, AJ's whole run in WWE has been excellent. But if I'm going to point to one moment when I loved him the most, beat up John Cena, man. Like, that yeah. whole summer was excellent. Not the Owens feud? I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, I think I would. I would share in that sentiment. Um, I, I will say that there's just something uh, again that you can. Sometimes I forget this in pro wrestling, but you can revitalize people so easily. The the club haven't been a meaningful tag team. I mean, I know they're the champions, as we famously joke about on the show, uh, entering Mania last year, which I have no recollection of them we ever. Didn't watch the Rumble match. I, I couldn't even. I, I mean, I don't remember them ever. But they felt. I mean, mostly as an aside for most of their run. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I it's think been a disappointment. Feel, but they feel, I thought on Tuesday they felt instantly. I was like, yep, they belong here beside AJ in the main event of SmackDown. Absolutely. Like, and, and it's so remarkable that sometimes I, I know that I can uh, be shitting on Dolph Ziggler or Seth Rollins or Cody Rhodes or Finn Balor or any of these guys that I don't love, but it doesn't take much to get me interested in people again. Yeah. Uh, and I think that this is a, a good lesson. And the club belong at the top of the card. They're certainly good enough. Uh, you can talk about Gallo's in ring, but he certainly works as just a standard big man. Um, let's talk about Nakamura's entrance because uh, this was, I thought, a bigger story than I thought. Yeah, sort of I mean, if you correctly predicted uh, <laughs> that Jinder would be the guy on Raw, I kind of correctly predicted <laughs> yeah. what, what Nakamura's theme song would sound. What like did you say? That it would be the same theme. They just like do what they did at Mania, keep the kind of hard charging electric guitar. Yeah, which they did, and then they threw in some Japanese rap on top of it. As yeah, well. got rid of the. Um, Wah, wah. It's just the damn, but they got rid of one one of the retracks and oh, really? the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, I thought this was. I love the intro of the band actually playing it. Yeah, uh, I thought this. I thought was the video was great too. A marvelous it's way. It's like a music video on the screen yep. while his name bar is on the lower uh, third. I didn't see this. Apparently, he gave a dot com interview saying that he got tired of people chanting around with his song, and now they can't do that, uh, which I think which is, is wonderful. Awesome. I think they should have saved that for the show. I think that's a good enough line yeah. to, to get on there. Uh, I thought this was the perfect way to get around this. Uh, I didn't know what they were going to do, and I thought aces to WWE here. I thought this worked great. I mean, by the time you're listening to this, there is a possibility that 
Shinsuke Nakamura is WWE champion right now. Because <laughs> that's actually true, isn't it? Which is kind of wild. Yeah. Would you like to see that? Uh, you predicted that it would happen here last week yeah. when we did our preview. I maintain that. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I still, I, th- I still think there's more juice to this feud. Like, if I want this to run for a long time. Feels like it could. And if, and if you are going to have it run for a long time, then each guy kind of needs to make defenses the whole way along to drag it out because I could see this going for another match after this. I think Mike predicted that this match uh, is going to end with AJ hitting the low blow on Nakamura and getting disqualified. That seems like a pretty good guess. Yeah, uh, to extend the feud another match, and then Shinsuke wins that, and then AJ probably gets two cracks at him after that. So stretch this out for a while, four months or so. And I'm into that. Like This is a feud that deserves... Time. Like, I, I need Brian in that title picture sooner than that. Really? I, I definitely do, yeah. I, I need Miz versus Brian for that belt by Mania. So, uh, But yeah, I mean, by Mania is still, if this continues for four months. Yeah, I guess that's true. Now, this is the, we're talking about the end of SmackDown right now. Let's rewind yeah. to the beginning. Sure. Because we opened with Miz TV. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Daddy's home. Yeah. Miz, <laughs> Miz was incredible. Just I mean, soaking in the crowd in his palm, actual booze. I mean, what, 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 I don't know that there's much left for us. It feels like if we were doing this show during Punk's reign, I'm not saying Miz is as good as Punk, but I am saying there's a consistency to the quality of the promos that you almost don't talk about it mm-hmm. because every week in and out, they're such good promos. Miz, even by Miz standards, was excellent here, reminding everybody that he made Talking Smack. He got the interest in the like. <laughs> Which got canceled, by the way. As soon as I, I left, so good. A great line. Uh, Miz dominated here, but Miz cuts a promo, basically calling out what everyone wants to see. Him and Daniel Bryan answer my challenge, Daniel. Where are you, Daniel? And who comes out, Justin? Big cast. And speaking of new themes, did yeah. we talk about this last we week? We did last week that okay. he got new music, yeah. and it's great. It's so improved. And like, man, he really needed this break. Mm. Like, as much as it sucks that he was injured and out for a long time. Uh, they needed to find like a packaging for him that worked. Yeah, and they tw- they tried tweaking that music a few times Ooh. to you know um, mixed bad results. <laughs> and when I say mixed, I mean all bad, <laughs> exclusively <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah, mixed between bad and horrible. Yeah. Uh, but they really nailed it this time. Yeah. And I love, like, they the thing with the arm thing, I know people complain that it's a dumb pose. It really hammers home how freakishly enormous he is, yeah, I think. I, I agree. I like the pose. And it also means that, like, every single time he enters, the camera framing with his entrance is always going to make the name thing say Big Ass. Which I'm all in always, on. Always. Yeah. Which is great. It should be Eric Rowan's entrance. But, yeah. Um, um, before we move on to him, though, I do want to stay on Miz for a second. Oh, sure, yeah. Because, like... I feel like in like 2009, 2010 or so, guys that I knew who I was friends with or who were still into wrestling would like talk up Miz or whatever because he was like top heel around that right. time. That's about when he main evented WrestleMania, if I'm not That's mistaken. Roughly, right? Yeah. Um, and it, to me, it felt like I would look at the Miz and look at his place on the card and look at what he was doing at that time. 
and I felt justified in no longer being a fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from the outside, yeah, I mean, no, I, your friends were liking that Miz push. Uh, I think so. Yeah, that's. Cr- I I knew no one who was into that, but when, uh, when he was the top heel, yeah, and in hindsight, I mean, it's he, it's like I would hear his like catchphrases, and right. stuff and be like. I'm I'm glad this is not my life. Yeah, I'm anymore. not. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, you're right back into it. <laughs> I am. I am. But it's crazy that we can come like, you know, close to ten years later now, and not wow. only not not only is he has he's gone from me feeling justified in not being a fan to the reason why I tune in on Tuesdays sure. to some degree. Like Daniel Bryan is largely of course, that yeah, also, yeah. but like he. I felt like this was a great promo because all the things he said were true on some level. Yeah, like like most of the great ones. Yeah. Right? Um, now, Cass comes out and cuts a promo after as well. Yeah. Uh, and this was, you know, I don't know how long the opening of the show was, probably 15 minutes or I so. I felt like it was a while. Uh, and between the two of these guys, just back-to-back, killer heel promos. I thought Cass was a little, not bad, but unsure at the very beginning. Maybe just like a being back thing. And maybe that's you also not having faith in him. Oh, totally. Whereas, yeah, like, the be. sight of Miz with a microphone in hand before he's even said anything, it's like, oh, boy, give it to Yum, me. Yum, yeah. But and the sight, thought... the sight of Cass with a microphone is like, oh, boy, what are we well, in for here? You know, it's weird, actually, because if you remember when Enzo got injured after that Vaude Villains uh, match, Cass came out and cut, like, an unbelievably good promo about how he was going to get revenge for his friend, and it was, like, the most I'd ever seen in Big Cass. And Cass his initial heel promos against Enzo were great also. Yeah, it's, and as I've said on the show before, I really think they were both just hindered of having to cut promos on each other for, what was it, three months or something? Yeah, just, two, two months or so. Uh, but I thought Big Cass really shone bright here. I, I'd like to call attention to one moment here, Justin, though, where he says, uh, and I'm seven feet tall, and the crowd, not a huge chant, but there were some who said, and you can't teach that. Do you think this is going to follow Big Cass, this pairing with Enzo? Because I, I felt like he was kind of removed from it pretty early here, even just the reappearance. I feel like you can shake it pretty quick. It helps that Enzo's not around, yeah, right? Yeah, but like the fact that he is a top heel right now, he feels like a genuine top heel on this yeah. show. I don't, I, don't, I don't know where I'd put him in the pecking order, probably like number three at the moment. I think number two. Yeah. Yeah. Behind Nakamura. Shinsuke. Yeah, ahead of the Miz. Miz hasn't Miz doesn't done. have a program. Yeah, he doesn't. Joe ha- doesn't have a program either. That's the thing. Joe's just vignettes, and uh, I guess Cass Cass has a program, and it's against the biggest baby face. So yeah, I, I'm pretty comfortable putting him under number two. Yeah, and I feel like no matter where he goes from here after yeah. this, it's probably going to be a pretty sizable program as well. Like he he feels like he is in the top pitcher on SmackDown, and not just that he's there, but that he also belongs there. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll have to see how the ring works come along, and, and you know, him and Daniel Bryan just, in my mind, seem to pair up really weirdly, so it's hard, I, like, I can't even picture that match, so sometimes that does lead to really good things, but sometimes it it's a little... I mean, I said last week, I, I fully believe that if there's one guy on the roster who's going to get a great match at a big cast to, like, really wow you with his ring work, yeah. it's probably Daniel Bryan right now. I feel like it'd be your guy, Metalik. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you, want, giants, you wanted man. a flippy thing too with him. That's generally that what week. works with big slow guys. Look, yeah. look at historically. Look at look at Diesel. Look at um, uh, oh my goodness, I, I can't think of his name right now. But there, there's a large precedent for tall, slower guys working well, and it makes sense. Yeah, I just uh, I you know we didn't even talk about. It. We've got 15 seconds here. Andrade Cienalmas has not debuted on the show. Perfect. Probably won't debut until after Backlash. Good, but I, but the the vignette approach is great for him because it builds the hype and you are going to know who this guy is before he shows up. They're underused in general. I'm glad he's getting them. 
That, that was was 15 minutes. Oh, Justin, do you know what time it is? It's time for us to uh, take a peek into the mailbag and answer a bunch of questions, if I'm not mistaken. You are. It's 5.06. Oh, okay. So there you go. Uh, but yes, now that I've given you the time, why don't we jump into the mailbag uh, this week? So I would some, love uh, it if we did that. Great stuff. Here's our first question this week. It comes to us from at Lorenzo Meow. It's our guy. It's Doug, Doug Crap. Crap. And he asks, how would you like to see Dean Ambrose brought back into the fold? Which show would you put him on, and who would his first feud be against? Um, I kind of feel like there's a right answer here. I feel like he stays on Raw. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you haven't blown off the Shield thing to a meaningful enough no, capacity. Yeah, and you can't turn him right out the gate either. Like, we need to get the Shield reunion proper that we were kind of teased with last year. Right. I don't know who they feud with now because Miz and the Bar seemed like the perfect pairing for them. Sure. Um, Bo and Dallas or Bo and Axel got to cling on to somebody. Yeah, yeah, I guess I liked what they did with them this month. Yeah, it's an interesting kind of idea. I didn't, I didn't really like that. Like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? That what he was thinking was a match against both of them. (laughs) That seems stupid. (laughs) And also that it was like a pretty like evenly keeled match for a bunch of it. Yeah, like what I said a couple weeks ago about. The young bucks against the golden lovers, like you cannot it does elevate them. You cannot tell me that like Bo Dallas can hang in the ring with Finn Balor. Well, know? I'm I would favor him at this point. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I think Dean has to go back to Raw, and in terms of what program he comes back to, mm-hmm. some sort of introduction with the Shield, but ultimately leading to him as a heel against a babyface Seth Rollins. I was thinking, uh, I can't even remember what pay per view this was. It might have been like Payback or Backlash. A couple years ago, the okay. one before Money in the Bank, when Seth made his surprise return after a Roman yeah, AJ payback, match, right? it was Roman versus AJ. Yep. Roman won, and then Seth came out and pedigreed him afterwards. Yeah, and people go insane. Yeah. So, do you think that there's a way that like you could bring him back and do the heel turn immediately, where like Seth is riding high, yeah. wins the match, Dean appears and dirty deeds him out of nowhere? Or, yeah. or, like, is that a cheat? Do we need a good shield run first before the breakup again? I think you can go straight to the breakup. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I don't Just think it's like the best how, choice. Be, be, yeah, and I've said this before, that, like, Seth has clearly carried on without him this and, is what and I not mean. missed a beat. Like, he was tag champions with, with Jason, Jason Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Uh, and he's tagged with Miz. He's had a bunch of... Or not Miz, sorry, uh, Finn. Yeah. Uh, he's had a bunch of partners in the meantime and, and seemingly has paid no mind to his injured brother. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think, do you agree, though, eventually he has to face off against Seth Rollins' uh, Absolutely. First yeah, why not but, return to them? But I don't, I, I, I want them to be brothers first with lingering resentment in the background before he finally pulls the trigger on fucking Seth over. I'm into that. Uh, this one comes to us from uh, Tranquilo Pachico. Our friend Blair, Blair Pachico, very uh, tranquilo. Who says, <laughs> "Who would Impact Wrestling have to bring in to get you to tune in on a weekly basis?" Now he followed this up yeah. by saying, "It has to be an active wrestler, not someone who signed to an MMA contract." So CM Punk is not on yeah. the table, and no WWE people. But CM Punk is the only answer. Yeah, like that's the only guy <laughs> who would make me actually tune in and watch the show every week. Otherwise. I just watched too much wrestling already. I don't have time for another weekly show. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If CM Punk got a full-time contract with Impact Wrestling, Mm -hmm. are you actually watching it every week? I'm watching the first episode he's back. 
and I'm watching the highlights of whatever he's involved in. I don't think there's anyone they could bring, any one single person they could bring in that would get me to add another night watching a two-hour wrestling program. I just don't see it. I'd have to drop something. The thing for me, and this is obviously clear in the way that they booked this show in that they brought in two main eventers from another company, Yeah, is that like, I think Impact is a very good undercard right now. I think they have a good women's division. I think they have a good mix of talent below the top level. But right now, it's Austin Aries and nobody at the top. And if they did Austin Aries versus Punk... That is a program. That yeah. is two guys on the marquee that I would tune in to watch. Would you watch all of Impact every week for that? Is it two hours? Yeah. Ooh. Like, here's the thing. You have to give up something. Are you really going to add another wrestling show to your life? It would have to substitute for something, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would have to take the place of, like, NXT. Yeah. I would give up Raw, maybe, if it was, like, unbelievable. But I just don't. There's no one person they could sign that makes me watch Impact every week. I would definitely PVR and, like, watch the CM Punk parts. But And outside of Punk, I really don't think there's anybody. Like, if they signed Okada or Naito, I'm not watching. Yeah. I'm trying to think who the biggest stars are outside of uh, WWE. Rhodes, no. What if they sign the knife pervert? Absolutely not. Jay White. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a Jay fuck. Jay White versus Austin Aries. You're not tuning in every week? It, probably not, no. What? Why not? Because Jay White is yet to have a match that I find even <laughs> remotely compelling. Uh, Justin, why don't I hit you with a question? Sure, do it. This one comes to us from AZ. It's at the Zoobs. He's a former guest of the Zoobs. And yeah. he asks, now, Justin, I do know the rules here, so this is a question for you. Okay. If either of you don't know them, guess the rules of a TNA King of the Mountain or Grand Champion match. So let's start. Do you know the King of the Mountain? Have you heard of this before? Yeah, I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Well, I want you to guess the rules to what something called King of the Mountain would be. Is this the one that's like a triple cage? That there's like, it's a cell with a cage on top of it and then a little smaller cage on top of it too? That is correct. Okay. And then, but I've also heard of it. It's like, it's TNA's version of like Money in the Bank also. So is there a brief- That's feast or famine. Oh. So this is just for a belt. Uh, as I understand it, I should have looked this up. You basically you have to pin someone before you can start climbing the ladder to get the belt. If you're pinned, you go to a penalty box for I think a minute or 90 seconds. Okay, so you're telling me the rules right now. I think that yeah, well you I think that was your guess, right? Well, I was yeah, I thought there might be a briefcase involved in some way, but that's feast or, f- or famine. Yeah. Or is, is that is that actually called feast or famine or is it feast or fired? I can't or f- remember. I think it's I don't even remember. Cuz it's like you get a cash bonus or you're just straight up fired. Yeah. And that's always how they like kayfabe somebody off the show who's like fuck <laughs> this I'm out. <laughs> Like, didn't EC3 get Feast or Fired this year? That's how they wrote him off, yeah. yeah exactly. Here, Here's the, the rules, okay? Yeah. The five competitors in the match start out as ineligible to win. So that's a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to become eligible, a wrestler must score a pinfall or submission on an opponent. The opponent who is pinned or submitted is forced to spend two minutes in a penalty box cage. More than one wrestler can be in the cage. This often results in wrestlers fighting inside the cage or forming an alliance. Once eligible, the wrestler may win the match by retrieving the match's prize, generally a championship belt, hanging on the hook suspended above the ring with the aid of a ladder. Okay, yeah, so I, I was right. You pin somebody to become eligible to climb the ladder. But then you climb a ladder, and there's no cage outside of the penalty box? Correct. So there's no triple cage? No triple cage. Okay. So no mountain. 
Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, because king of the mountain implies that there is a mountain. Well, I guess the mountain is the ladder. This instance. I guess the mountain is the friends we made along the way. Ah, amazing. <laughs> uh, do you want to take a stab at the grand championship match? This one's a little more straightforward. Yeah, grand champion. Yeah. Um, yeah, didn't uh, – I feel like I feel like Damian Sandow won. That's this, right, yeah. So. Aaron Rex. Yeah, Aaron Rex. I think he was the inaugural one. I watched it. Yeah. And like uh if like it was like a boxing match or something, is Yeah, it's it scored like, in three rounds. And it's scored. That's right. So it's punching and, and it, kicks it, and points. It uses boxing and MMA's ten nine must system. So you get the winner of a round gets ten points and the loser gets nine or under if they do worse. Okay. Oh, what a horrible concept so, for a pro wrestling match. So it's match. multi rounds. Yes. With MMA scoring. It is. And they call it the Grand Champion. It's been done away with since. <laughs> Sounds I think. terrible. It's not. It's just not a good idea. All right. Friend of the show, former guest of the show. Two in a row. Three time or four time guest on the show, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Rob Russo. Not enough, whatever it is. Yeah, writes in. He says, We know the hashtag good friends will never split up, but Amen. hypothetically, if one of you were to turn heel on the other, who would it be and how would it play out? I feel like we've had this question before. Have we? To some extent. Yeah. We've had, like, how would we be as a tag team, I think. I guess. Yeah. I, so if we split up, uh, I think you're turning heel on me. Really? I thought it would be you turning heel. So what we're learning is we both think that uh, we are the better person. <laughs> yeah, we both think we are the white meat baby face of this duo. So, well, I don't – who's a more baby face in real life? I guess you. You would be more baby face than me mm-hmm. in actual life. Yeah, maybe I would then, I guess. It's hard for me to imagine turning on you, but I guess you would feel the same for turning on me. Yeah, I feel like you would be like the jealousy that you feel of all the time I spend with my other shows and other podcasts. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And radio and whatnot. I could see that. Like like as I as I try to get the wrestling radio show off the ground, you okay. might be like you've betrayed the the hashtag good friends. But isn't doing that more heel? Like, you're going to big corporate. Like, we have this indie podcast, and you're mm. going to, like, put on a suit and tie and go do this at a radio Look, station? I'm not selling out. I'm buying in. Oh, you're the heel, No, J-Lo. that's a baby face. Oh, bullshit. Look, I'm the architect of this whole thing. Yeah, see? I see. <laughs> you're not hearing yourself. <laughs> you're saying things that are very heel. This is this is the proof in the pudding. <laughs> Look, bud, you're holding me back from the corporate <laughs> success I want, all right? So I think we know, folks, <laughs> how this would play out. Justin goes to a... The chair shot heard around the world. That's right. He goes I to... finally fucking snap on Josh. He goes to big... Finally! Have you been waiting to snap on me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds pretty... You'd never know it. But uh, deep down, yes. So you would turn heel by going corporate. If I were the one to turn heel, um, what, how, would I, how would I turn heel on you? Uh, by... Like being like a crust punk, basically. Yeah. And like you're not street enough. Yeah, I would like say you're hurting my authenticity or yeah. my. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to imagine me as a heel, isn't it? Yeah. No, you're. You would like. It would be like presented that I'm just like looking out for my career interests, and you're like, you fucking sold out. That's right. Yeah, but I'm being a, a dickhead about it. Yeah. So, so like, there you no, go. No, I I got. I need this job. <laughs> I got, I got kids. kids. <laughs> uh, Justin, another former guest question this week. This is uh, that's three in a row. They're piling up. Comes to us from uh, Caitlin H. It's I forget how to say the name. A uh, Crusada. Crusada on Twitter, and uh, not not cross-eyed, Chris-eyed. 
<laughs> not that. It is definitely not that. Certainly not. So, uh, Caitlin H. That's Chris. Chrisada. <laughs> Chrisada, and she asks, "Which wrestlers are still on your bucket lists?" And then she puts in parentheses, as in, "Which ones do you no- want to see wrestle before you die?" And then in further parentheses, please not anytime soon. So thank you for the well wishes, Caitlin. I will do my best to not die. Although sometimes the way I treat my body makes me think that uh, I'm not doing the best job of that. Uh, who's on your bucket list, Jamal? Mine's easy. I know who it is for me. How about I, you? I don't I don't actually know because, like... You've seen Brian. I've seen Daniel Bryan. I've seen Brock. I haven't seen Brock work a match, but I've seen him F5 yeah, and Dean per- Ambrose. That's right. And put Roman through a table, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> yeah. Uh... Huh. I've seen I've seen AJ multiple times, but he's always felt secondary within the matches. You've never seen like a pay per view AJ singles yeah, match. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I've seen AJ multi man house show matches where it seemed more like Dean and Miz were the focus of the match That's, than AJ yeah. himself. Uh which is fine. Um I understand that it's a house show schedule and that, you know, you can't you cannot be doing these classics night in and night out. For you sure. You need to take it easy on yourself on the yeah. house show circuit. I understand that. So maybe I would like to see AJ work like a real blowaway match. I've obviously never seen Punk. But like all the – all the, and I feel like this is probably difficult for you too because you know, as a gentleman who went to Wrestle Kingdom, mm. like you've seen all these guys. I've seen some guys. Yeah, I, I have. I know who my answer is very, very easily. Unlike the guys who I would say maybe are probably dudes who I'm probably going to see later this year at All In. At all In. So does it really count as a bucket list if I already know I'm going to see them? Put them uh, on here anyway. Probably not. Uh, Omega. No. Because I know I'm going to see them. But, he, but you haven't yet. That's true. What if you die between now and then? You would not consider your bucket list completed. If I die or if he dies? Well, Caitlin says if we die. Oh, I thought it was if they die. No, look. I thought so, too. If you die. As in which ones before you die? Yeah, oh, okay. see? I wasn't lying. I thought, yeah, I thought she said they die. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I guess Kenny Omega or Punk or... Yeah. Uh, here's I'll name someone who has not been announced for All In, who I hope is... That's a question coming up. Minoru Suzuki. Oh, yeah. There you go. That'd be that'd be a good get. Yeah. Uh, I've never even been in the same building as the Sandman. Uh, he, he still works indies, does the entrance, hits a guy with uh, the stick. Uh, I'd, I'd really, you know, I'm going to regret if he, I, I would like to think I'm going to outlive him, but if he or I pass away uh, without having seen that, he's, he's Sandman special. will outlive us all. God bless. <laughs> this one. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry, to lock it. Yeah. Comes uh, to us from Good Brunson, Vienna. And he wrote a DM. Two questions. Two questions here. First one is, are there too many wrestlers in the WWE? Yes. Every year after WrestleMania, they debut a bunch of new performers from NXT slash free agents, etc. But no one is removed from the roster. So there's a huge glut of talent that doesn't do anything. Should performers be released in tandem with debuts? Because if not... Don't they have to add more shows and make existing shows longer? Yeah, yes, 100%. I I think you either have to take two stances on it. Either they do do releases and let guys go back to the indies and do their thing, or everyone's not on every show, which I've said a million times on this program that that something I'm very in favor of is that you don't get to see each person every week. Otherwise, he's 100% right. You're just adding more and more content. I don't think anyone's dying for that. How about you, Jamie? I'm going to say no, that there are not uh, too many wrestlers because... Fuck you! No, because (laughs) guys need... There needs to be cannon fodder, right? Like, you need to have people 
who can comfortably take losses on television week after yep. week. And right now, like, you know, a guy like Shelton Benjamin is in that spot. A guy like, uh, you know, R-Truth is in that spot. Tag teams like fucking The Ascension or like Heath Slater and Rhino. or Like, you need those guys because AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, like, there are, like, anyone who's in a feud, basically, is too important to lose on television every week. Sure. But what uh, if after doing a program you went away for a bit? You yeah. have a big feud and you lose, you're gone for a bit. Yeah, that works. Like, I think we're maybe saying the same thing. Um, I just feel like there needs to be an undercard. And when I say yeah. an undercard, I mean like an underbelly of guys who just take pins all the time. For sure. I mean, the reality of the situation is these NXT call-ups that we love, some of them do have to become jobbers. Like, that's... That's reality. Like yeah. somebody has to take pins. Not everyone can be in your world title. Picture. But even think of like the cycle of NXT. Also, like I was having this thought the other night that like even though it's not the same system so much, there is kind of like a young lions element to NXT. Oh, definitely. You yeah. come in, you're just kind of a nondescript jobber who loses to the established guys, like Oni Lorcan. Yeah, or... you're on TV quite a bit, but taking pins all the time. Yep. You don't really have a character. You're just a you're just a jobber whose people get to see Scott Dawson. Yeah, and then you disappear for a little while, and when you come back, you have a character, and suddenly you're no longer the guy who's jobbing out. You're beating the next wave of jobbers. Yep. Like it's very similar to the Young Lions process in New Japan. His second part of his question, Justin: How far could either of you make it if you were doing the RVD coast to coast from one top? Uh, Van Terminator for RVD, a coast-to-coast yeah. coast for Shane McMahon, uh, from one top rope to the other. I'm not the best with measurements, but I'm horribly unathletic, so I think maybe like a foot? You'll probably make it a foot? No, you could go further than that. No, I'd be too scared. I'm going to say I'd make halfway across. How The ring's 20 feet? Yeah. Yeah, or I think... 16? I'm not sure. I thought it was 20 by 20, but I could easily be wrong about that. That's just off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm too big of a coward and unathletic, so I'd probably just like hop down. But if I was really trying, I'll say a uh, foot and a half. Okay. I'm going to say eight. Eight feet? Yeah. Nine, or nine. Just like. That's pretty Make far, man. Make it about man. halfway. Nine feet? <laughs> Still. That's like jumping longer than you are tall. Yeah, I know. Gravity's a bitch. But you're, you're coming at it from a height, right? Like yeah. The height alone is going to give you more than a foot, so you're way underselling yourself. I'm very unexplosive. You'd be. I'm. I'm great at throwing a ball. Terrible mm. at anything else. Okay. Uh, Justin, our next question this week comes to us from Ao at Osik87, and he asks, "Who that isn't on All In does JMO hope gets announced?" Uh, there's a lot of people. Who uh, throw throw out uh, a couple couple dream names? Punk obviously is number one. Sure. Yeah. I'd like. Yeah, I, yeah. You know. I have. If we're going to keep the poker metaphor alive here, as far as, like, they're going all in, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm also going all in with the expectation that I'm going to get, you know, a flop on the river here. Like, Punk is going to be the last card revealed, you oh know? Oh, my goodness. If Punk just shows up at that press conference. Yeah, like, that's... Or even, like, later, if he's, like, a last-minute announcement or whatever. Yeah, I don't think you'll see him announced until the other side of his UFC fight in June. They're clearly teasing that he could be there, though. Like, oh, yeah, We've talked yeah. about this multiple times before. So I'll put Punk at the top of the list. Uh, and I'm working on the assumption that he will be there, even though... if Even if he isn't, I'm sure the show will be amazing. Uh... Probably number two is, like, Naito. I would love to oh, see Naito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, like I said earlier. 
Uh, Brian Cage. I would love to see Brian yeah. Cage. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised he's not on it yet. And Austin, like, there's clearly, like, uh, you know, people who are signed with Impact are allowed to do outside things. Are Cage and Cobb not signed to it? Neither of them? Oh, God. Cobb would be awesome. Dude, also. without Cage, Cobb, or Riddle, like, is this even an indie show? Like- or Joey Ryan? Like, Joey Ryan's not on the show yet either. Oh, if he's not yet, I he mean. He for sure will be. Yeah, I mean, that seems like the, the lock of the millennium. Were you excited to see Janela get added this week? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's... Though it seemed like, I don't know how much it was Janela or... If it's Janela Or Janela P. yeah. Uh, a Penelope Ford added at the same time. So maybe they're going to do an intergender tag sort yeah. of thing, but I don't know who against. Because it doesn't look like... Joey Ryan. Anyone. Yeah, maybe... Yeah, that yeah, maybe. makes some sense. Just our next question to us this week comes to us from Roadside America's very own Scoots Brodo at Scoots Brodo. And he asks, how much money would you pay for a wrestler of your choosing to lift you above their heads like the way Rafiki holds up Simba in the beginning of The Lion King? Also, which wrestler would you pick? Uh, big Show. I got to tell you, I'd pay quite a bit of money for this. I'd pick Braun, actually. Yeah, I, I think we both pick Braun, don't yeah, we? Yeah. Who else would you rather be picked up by on no Earth? One. No one. Imagine you're on the whatever. Where are they in Africa? The Sahara in Lion King? Yeah, I guess they, so. He's on this cliffside. He's at the tip of Pride Rock. He lifts you into the air. Braun! Braun! The Braun! 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 And I would pay, realistically, I, I don't have that much money, but... Uh, like what I had. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'd love for him to like cradle me. Oh, like I feel a baby so safe. Also. There's, yeah, I, I guess I, I, I'd probably, I'd probably pay a thousand dollars for that. Yeah, I don't have a lot of money to throw around. Yeah, that sort of thing. That's the problem. Yeah. Would I'll you go. pay a thousand bucks for that? Probably not. Since I have other things that I use <laughs> with that money, probably. Yeah. All right. But like, I, I don't know, four hundred. That's like a week of tips at the bar. Yeah, I'd pay four twenty. Okay. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this one comes to us from Fruits Are Edible, our friend Craig Tamble. Who is brewing a beer called Braun right yeah. now. Very cool. He says, now that the shakeup and call-ups have happened, give me your sleeper picks for breakout stars of 2018 and who you think will sadly fade into the background. This is a good, very good question. Uh, I think I'll, I'll ride the momentum of last week that I think it's going to be another good year for Jinder. I think he might turn a bit of a corner in terms of like people accept, accepting him as a little bit. Not... not Obviously not as good as The Miz, but in the way that people just shit on Miz's in-ring for a decade mm-hmm. and then eventually started rounding the corner. I don't think anybody speaks about his in-ring now as, like, masterful, but he's, you know, everywhere else. Bad. Yeah, I, I think you could see something like that for gender. Maybe that's not a good idea for Breakout Star, though. Anyone come to mind? For you? Oh, uh, Samoa Joe. I think this will be the year of Joe on SmackDown for sure. I mean, I said it last week, and I said it uh, back in December. 2018 is the year of Miz. Yeah. Uh, I think he's really going to be the dominant force, uh, not just on SmackDown, but probably in, in the entire WWE. Is he a sleeper pick, though? No, because yeah. I think it's obvious at this point. Yeah. What about Cass? Uh, yeah, Cass might be a... I think Cass is a sleeper pick here. He's clearly... He clearly has grand designs. I could see him, like, getting an AJ program at some point after this Brian thing. Sure, yep. Uh, after Nakamura and, and uh, AJ have wrapped up. Seems like a natural top heel for them to go to there. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. As far as people who will sadly slink into the background. Oh, I have a couple fears for this. I have. I mean, Rusev is a big fear still. I'm. Uh, I'm very nervous for Andrade Cienamas. Really? Yeah. I. Uh, I could very much see him getting a a medium push and then just becoming a jobber. I could. I could very easily see it. I just think they're so desperate, and they have been so desperate for so long to want a real. Mexican star. Yeah. And if it's not him, then it's never going to be anyone. Yeah. So I think he will get the opportunity, and I think he could be a breakout guy. So maybe I'll yeah. pick him. There or, we go. you know, I think. Uh, I, I hope you're right. One of my. The runner up for my choice when I said 2018 would be the year of Miz was uh, Elias. So Right. And, and you know, I think Elias probably tastes gold at some point this year. I could yeah. see him having the IC strap at some point. Sorry to extend this. I actually have one more. I think Authors of Pain could easily fall by the wayside. Yeah, and I hope they don't. Yeah, I agree. But they weren't even on Raw this week. Uh, uh, Justin, uh, another uh, comment, uh, piggybacking on this one here for the question coming from Brandon O'Connor at Bufaro C, and he says, I'll piggyback here. What main card talent could be relegated and have it be a benefit to both them and NXT? So just name one person who you think could be sent down to NXT and it's good for the person and for uh, the main roster. Mm. Hmm. How about uh, how about the revival? Yeah, find their footing again. I don't know though. I think I think the raw tag scene right now is so barren that like it's probably. I hope so. Good for them th- to be there right now because they can really establish themselves in a yeah. way they couldn't before. Because there's no like superstar teams there. Yeah, I you agree. Know, it's a bunch of reclamation projects. Because even like Bray and Matt are a reclamation project. Dolph and Drew certainly are. Sure. Which I thought they were great this week. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we'll dive into that in a, another week. I got a lot to say. Heels of Raw. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll uh, I'll say Sami Zayn. That's my answer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but he's obviously so important right now. And man, what he's doing with the glasses. Oh lately, my god! Like he, like the Kevin and Sammy or the Sammy and Kevin Sammy show. Sammy and Kevin this show. Week yeah, was perfect. A highlight of both shows. This it week. was excellent. Um, but somebody who could really benefit. Uh you know what? This is a weird choice because he has barely been anything on the main roster outside of his debut moment. Okay. I'm going to say Mike and Maria. Oh, I don't hate that. Because uh, the that, they could be a top act in NXT. Definitely. I think that's a great call. And they yeah. definitely need something to like reestablish their foot in. And NXT is the one show that doesn't have like a male-female pairing uh, going on for it. So, yeah. yeah. And they could be a good feud for Gargano and... Uh, What's his name? wife? Yeah, <laughs> Mrs. Oh my Gargano. goodness! How are we both blanking on this? <laughs> Candice LeRae. Thank you. Oh my lord! What happened? It's because there? she wears the Johnny Wrestling. I know. Also, I wish so she would. she's just like Mrs. Johnny Wrestling. Yeah, it doesn't help her. Uh, this one comes to us from former guest on the show, Will Macklin, <laughs> and he asks, "How are you, Fanny?" He, sorry, he says, "How are you? How are you?" I, I, I was. Inclined to put an er in there. Yeah, no. How are you? No, no, make it's it casual. How you fantasy booking the main events at SummerSlam? How I am? Well, it's got to be Roman and Brock. This We need to see the blow-off to this <laughs> amazing Christ. feud. You know the steel cage. That they're, Then they're only going to be two and one. God I think it. it's got to be Roman Reigns. Now, hang on, Justin. You're, you're sighing. Hear yeah. me out. Yeah. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. <sighs> force versus force for the universal title. No. So that's how I would do it. How about you, Justin? Enough. 
<laughs> um, let, let's do the main event here. I mean, if, if I'm in charge, you're having, uh, I guess, Andrade Cien Almas versus Daniel Bryan. Um, no, I, I'm going to go AJ versus Bryan. Okay. That's the SmackDown uh, uh, title. Heel AJ? No, just two baby faces. No, you know what? I, they're going to save that match for WrestleMania. No, WrestleMania's got to be Miz and him. No, no, no. Okay, then SummerSlam do Brian and Miz. Mm, no, you're probably right. WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you want? Like I said last week that I thought that that would be the title program for Mania next year because it's the dream match. They introduced it right at the beginning uh, of the year, and then they'll, they'll spend a year getting back to it. But um, hmm, the Miz, Brian, see, I want Miz to win Money in the Bank. And, oh, Brian, and Brian to beat Nakamura. So Brian versus Nakamura yep. is your title program yep. for SummerSlam. Brian wins. Miz cashes in afterwards. Uh, Justin, I have nothing to add. That's exactly how I would do it. And then your Raw title program is Champion Roman versus Heel Dean. Hmm. Those guys never really got it done, though. Yeah. No, you think of that. Remember when they had that tournament for the belt after Seth got injured? Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Dean wrestled? And that was the final. See, the problem there was What about was the Shield triple match. threat? Yeah, you could do a Shield triple threat. Yeah, there you go. That, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's for the Raw title and uh, have Dean win it. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Justin, you want to hit me with the final question this week? It comes to us from Danger Boy at Danger Boy 69420. All the good numbers. He says, it seems like Josh is softening his stance on Rollins and Cody. Who... Has he turned around on more? I just want to say, both to, to Danger Boy and somebody gave a question just to you earlier this week, I don't like these one-person questions. Yeah. I like when we get to have some back and forth. That's true. But you're not coming to All In yet. Right. I guess that's true. Um, Who would I have turned around? I definitely think Seth's doing really well right now. Uh, and I think Cody's doing really well right now. But I'd say my complaints of them are still pretty steadfast. I just happen to be enjoying them. More. Like they're playing more to their strengths than they have been before, I guess. Fair. Rollins doesn't sell the knee anymore. and He doesn't have to be a, a heel. I thought his gear was sick this week, too. Gear's with like the, the SR logo on the one knee that he always strikes with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on the one knee. That was cool. It was great. I guess I would say I've turned around more on Cody insofar as, like, as Stardust, he did a zero for me. I still do feel like he has his limitations in ring, and I think a person would have a hard time arguing the opposite. But in every other department, he's firing all cylinders. I still feel like he's the biggest heel in the world right yeah, now. Yeah, so so there you go. I guess, I guess I'd say Cody Rhodes, but I'd turn around on both of them. I think they're both doing good work right now. Yeah. So there you go. All right. I'd say uh, f- uh, Finn Balor stays staunchly, yeah, Finn, staunchly Finn low. Finn Balor has like taken the brunt of uh, the hate that you used to spread around to a number of people. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's fallen almost squarely onto Finn's <laughs> shoulders. Sorry, buddy. That's okay. Uh, what are you going to do? Nothing. And that's it for the questions this yeah, week, Justin. Yeah, that's it for our show this week as well. Oh man, it felt like a it felt like a good one. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think even though we only did two rounds, there were so many questions, and we went over on redemption that this is still a uh, you know an hour and a half or so, oh, an hour and forty minutes. Oh my goodness! Well, then we better get out of here. If you're hearing my voice right now, I beg you to go and rate and review this on the iTunes Store. Share it. Tell your friends. Do all that fun stuff. I think we have a fun product here, and it's always fun to have more people brought into the fold. Now uh, we went for ramen last week. Yeah, you want to do it again right now? I do not. Oh, all right. Well, I'm probably gonna do it by myself well then i'm jealous and just like uh on a hot day you want soup yeah i think so okay on a like a great bowl of ramen i would encourage the people <laughs> out there to be hot and maybe be spicy i'm gonna get a spicy bowl for sure <laughs> and you know what it'll do it'll, it's for sure gonna taste great because it was prepared <laughs> not where i thought that was going <laughs> by, by curry man, man! Wah, wah, wah. Wah. Oh!
Titus Worldwide! <laughs> because it was prepared by Curry, man, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I love, else would make it? I love the idea that uh, Curry Man works at Ramen Gojira. <laughs> He's just back there. Yeah. It is Japanese. Absolutely. Makes sense. <laughs> it all adds up. Let's buy our uh, Avengers tickets. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs>